Hello and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Hickenbotham. Throughout these podcast episodes, we will speak to a range of individuals about their experience of eating disorders, with the aim of increasing awareness and understanding, whilst reducing stigma and isolation. Please note that the topics discussed in this podcast may be triggering for some individuals, so tread lightly, check in with yourself and reflect on these conversations. This week I'm joined by Sophie Corbett for a New Year's special. It's really common at this time of year for people to look into veganuary and whilst a vegan lifestyle can be part of a healthy lifestyle, it is important to consider your motivations during eating disorder recovery, which is why I'm joined by eating disorder dietitian Sophie Corbett who specialises in veganism and we explore the reasons why someone may want to be vegan during eating disorder recovery and how this needs to be taken as such an individual approach because it really does depend on the individual and their motivations. I really hope you enjoy this episode and Happy New Year! It's so funny because I didn't really put this together before meeting you now, but you look a lot like one of my friends. Um, (laughs) And then just hearing your voice, you actually really sound like her. And I was like, it didn't, I don't think you maybe look as much like her as what it's now like, because I can hear you as well, which is really funny. (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. I sound exactly like my sister. So if they have the same surname as me, then they oh, really? be my sister. But I imagine they probably don't, because you would have probably asked. No. <laughs> yeah, I think if if I'd have clicked on to, oh, they look similar, they sound similar, and they've got the same surname, I think I'd be like, are you related? <laughs> um, amazing. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I've been following you since we both went to the Ori Open evening, mm-hmm. and it's such a shame that we didn't meet like each other in person then but I feel like for me there were so many new faces and I was obviously taking in like the new environment of Ori um Mm. so yeah I think we both went into like the meditation room together yes I was very much very much in love with the meditation meditation room there was a lot of people (laughs) I think there was yeah I don't know how you find networking events but for me it's just like I'm I can't I only have so much I can give I guess the social battery is it runs out quite quickly. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah. And I think even more so in like networking, like business environments, because when you're socializing, you tend to be with your friends. So you're a bit more laid back, like a bit more mm. yourself. Whereas when it's a networking thing, you're like, you know, game face on, like got to give the best version of myself, which that tends to deplete the energy even quicker. Definitely. Definitely. And then there's other people you recognize, um, maybe you follow and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, it's a lot, a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, and trying to piece together like there are a couple of people that I have like spoken to online, but obviously your brain is then only knows them online. And then mm. I was like, Oh, I know your face, but where on earth do I know you from? And then you can't remember their name and you're like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do that and then I'm trying to place someone and then I realise I've been looking at them for quite a long period of time, like longer than is <laughs> normal. <laughs> yeah yeah very awkward um but thank you so much for joining me today I think that like veganism is something like this time of year Mm -hmm. um people really kind of think about and I think particularly with eating disorders I mean it's a very difficult time of year anyway with going from Christmas to then the New Year's resolutions and all the diet culture but -hmm. particularly now that we've got veganuary thrown in and all of the sort of ethical and moral values there as well Mm. um but I guess to start with do you want to kind of tell the listeners who you are and what you do 
Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm Sophie. I'm an eating disorder dietitian. I work um, for myself in a private outpatient clinic, which is online. And I see people internationally. The um, typical client that I see is um, someone who has anorexia, um, but I also support people who have bulimia, binge eating disorder, and um, maybe don't fit into a diagnostic criteria or haven't received a diagnosis yet. You know, um, it can take a while to access services that might give you a diagnosis. So, of course, um, I'm not I'm not fussy in in that sense. Um, and a lot of people come to me um, because I talk about veganism online. Often people, they may be vegan and in recovery and they feel that they haven't been listened to by maybe other dietitians, maybe by their NHS dietitian, or maybe they saw a therapist who said you you can't be vegan and they really rallied against that and became a bit of a barrier to their recovery. So that's kind of why that's a bit of a a specialist area for me. Um, And then the other hat that I wear, I work in the NHS two days a week in an an ARFID service, a pilot service, which is uh, it's very different. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. I think you're kind of, you're doing two um, client groups there that maybe aren't considered as much as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more and more understanding and awareness is coming out, particularly, you know, a- around the whole veganism and eating disorder thing. Because I know that I did a podcast um, with a, a PhD student, um, PhD researcher in Australia called Courtney um, a couple of months ago. And when I first kind of reached out to her, she said that she was doing a PhD on veganism and eating disorder recovery. And I just kind of made the assumption of, oh, well, obviously you're going to be doing it about like how people become vegan during eating disorders and that's not good for them and Mm -hmm. all this, that and the other. And actually her PhD was looking at um the opposite of that so people that are vegan and you know need support like you're giving mm-hmm. um to actually allow them to recover from an eating disorder but still maintain veganism in their life mm-hmm. um and so i think it's a really interesting concept and i think it's like very very individualized mm-hmm. but to start with should we maybe explore the reasons why somebody could stay vegan when Mm -hmm. they are in eating disorder recovery yeah absolutely and I think it is something that the more people I speak to the more individual circumstances I discover um Mm. there's there's no one like one story one right way it's um super super individual um I guess in terms of why someone would be vegan I guess um how I view it is a kind of Veganism is seen as a belief system relating to how we treat animals. Um, so it is in one aspect food, but other aspects also um, wider environmental parts, like thinking about the the clothes you wear, sometimes thinking about travel. Um, often vegans may engage in activism as well. So that's kind of veganism as a belief system. The yeah. dietary side, um, some people adopt a plant-based diet for health reasons. Um, which is, I'd say, ultimately a diet. Um, so if I, if someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I'm plant-based because it's the best thing for my health, for me that's initially raising some curiosity around, oh, let's, where did you kind of first start thinking about this? Was that at the same time those kind of cognitions around restriction came in? Um, mm-hmm. Or not. I, like I said, everyone's story is different, but 
if if that's someone who's coming to me, then that's the kind of angle I'm thinking of. If there's someone who's been, their family's vegan, for example, there's a few people I support, they were raised vegan, their family's vegan, and they also have an eating disorder. That's maybe a bit of a different story. Um, and there are some people who maybe have been vegan for a really long time, and then in recovery start to maybe crave animal products, and then thinking about mm. navigating that experience as well. Um, so yeah, that, those are the kind of, I guess, different journeys that, examples that someone mm. may take during during the course of recovery. Yeah. And I think it's like a really interesting thing to consider because I do think that whenever we hear now, you know, when someone's in recovery, oh, I'm vegan, I think people ultimately jump to the conclusion of, well, you're doing that to restrict your food intake. Mm -hmm. And I guess that could be a reason for somebody. Mm -hmm. But also, like, if you think about it in this day and age, every single product that you could possibly like food product that you could possibly want as a meat eater or dairy eater or whatever mm. you can pretty much get nowadays as a vegan mm. um and i always think about you know ultimately a lot of the foods that we may maybe think are quote unquote unhealthy they're also accessible as a vegan now you, know, you can get crisps as a vegan mm. or or whatever so i think for me nowadays it's I think that's still an element but less so and I think that's also a way I always think to determine are you doing this for a restrictive purpose or are you doing this for you know um because based on your values it's like if mm -hmm. somebody offered you vegan cheese let's say could you eat that or are you avoiding yeah. cheese because that's something that you fear yeah absolutely and that's definitely something that that I explore and for some people maybe when they're starting on the journey of recovery they're thinking this is definitely an ethical decision and then mm. as they go through maybe they're unpicking it and they may be thinking okay maybe I don't need to be super strict in this region maybe that's actually an element of my eating disorder um and so I don't expect people to come to me and have a really clear picture of everything that's happening in their brain and you know fully unpick the eating disorder it's a, it's a journey and it takes time um, and I I'm always really conscious of like there being space that you can tell me you're an ethical vegan and then down the line we can think about including animal products as well is you don't have, you know it's not mm. something that we I enforce as a rule or you know I'm going to be rigid about I think and what's so important in in recovery is is flexibility mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I'm just thinking there, you were saying, you know, like you'll go through and explore it with them. What sort of things would you be looking to explore with a client when you're trying to consider maybe if veganism is best placed in their life? Mm. Yeah, I guess often we think about the wider social circle. If it's something that's the norm for them and they can engage culturally in terms of at Christmas, there are other people who are having um meat alternatives for the main or you know other people who are adapting the Christmas dinner to be vegan um if they're really interested in animal welfare or they're interested in um ethical fashion choices for example these are all things I think oh this is really aligned with your values and values work is really mm -hmm. important and it's something I really enjoy doing um understanding who this person is in front of me and what's really important to them that, that always feels really fun um and and often I explore that through discussion. I often I also really enjoy using journal prompts. Um, 
And I also find it's mm-hmm. maybe a bit less confronting than if I'm asking them directly, if they're spending some time mm-hmm. sat with a pen and paper. I think that's a bit easier, um, or at least that's my impression. I think it's a bit easier to to ponder those things. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to come back in a bit to talk about how recovery can look for somebody that is vegan. But whilst we're kind of talking about exploring values and stuff, I think something I find is that like being vegan, because it does have a big impact on your life, you know, if you are doing it because of animal welfare and stuff, it means that, like you've said, you know, your travel may, travel options may change, like the accessibility to clothing and things like that may change. And it does become quite a central part of your life. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was um, vegetarian for three years, but that started very much in the midst of my eating disorder and Mm. recently I've made the decision to start having some meat products again um and actually I think I was massively craving it because I was putting it on a pedestal and Mm. since I said to myself you can have it if and when you want it Mm. I've not really had the desire for it but I think one thing I really struggled with was almost the moral side of it in terms of feeling superior because I was Mm. able to be vegetarian and Mm. I think a lot of the time people will have that label as a vegan and you know I have friends who are vegan and all of their friends are vegan um and their life does sort of revolve around it so how would you work with somebody there because I think then if you are considering that maybe veganism isn't the best thing for them not only have they got to kind of say goodbye to their eating disorder that they're using as a coping mechanism they're also going to be changing quite a lot about themselves in terms of their dietary habits as well and they may feel maybe less of a person because they're no longer vegan mm, mm. oh that that's definitely interesting and and such an important point I guess what you're saying about this person who their community is really sent centered around them Mm. being vegan and losing that sense of community um yeah would come into those feelings of of grief and um maybe a bit of worthlessness as well like you said if they're if it's giving them a feeling of self-worth or of uh, the label is adding a a factor that's um superior I guess with everyone it's about treading lightly and slowly um I always say to people that they don't have to I guess when it comes to telling other people about their eating disorder and their struggles, you don't always have. I don't always have to be honest. You don't have to tell someone, "Yeah, I'm really struggling, so that's why I'm not going to come to your birthday party." You could just say, "Sorry, I'm busy." I, I this is a bit of a you know, um, not a, not the direct example, but I guess kind of with the people around you, you don't have to be upfront immediately and confront all of those um, challenging discussions at once. I think it's firstly doing the internal work figuring out what's right for you as a person and coming to terms with that connecting with aspects of community where there are people who they're not they're not solely your friend because you're vegan you know maybe your friends and family and the people who you've known for a longer period of time perhaps in in this example um and then and then branching out to those other people um I've definitely had friends who are vegan and then decided not to be vegan anymore and um for for me individually I don't find that um, a problem I think one issue that I do have with the vegan community is it is very unforgiving and you'll see people who maybe Mm. they've 
I don't know if you've seen like people online who've had followed a vegan diet and then start introducing animal products. They they really get a lot of hate in in the comments. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it is quite a judgmental community. And I think while it can be a community for some people, that's really empowering for other people. Sometimes, yeah, the harm of that is is worse than the benefit of having that community. So I think that's definitely a bugbear that I have. Um, but yeah, I guess, like I said, take take it slow, connect with the other aspects of the people in your life who, you know, you're, you're not connected to via vegan veganism and then slowly, um, maybe mm. slowly tell the others, but you don't have to, to start with difficult conversations. Mm, yeah, I think it's really interesting um what what you were saying there because actually when I stopped um eating vegetarian and I started having a few more meat products it was actually people that weren't vegetarian or vegan themselves that were like gave the most comments so you know people that um my friends that were vegan were very much like you know you've got to do what's right for you and and the best thing for your health and like you know if you're sacrificing your own well-being then there's not much point in trying to save the world because you're not going to be able to do that anyway mm, mm. whereas people that eat me um eat meat they were like what why aren't you vegetarian anymore and I was like wait you, <laughs> you eat meat like well on earth it's crazy um but I think it was something really interesting there that I just wanted to pick up on um, was you mentioned like, you know, you don't have to tell everybody at once. Mm-hmm. And actually, for me, my experience was kind of the opposite in that I almost mm-hmm. used my eating disorder as an excuse to say, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be vegetarian anymore because I'm in recovery from an eating disorder and Mm. it was as though I felt if I didn't have that excuse that was quite a drastic Mm. excuse you know I couldn't just say I'm not going to be vegetarian anymore like it felt like I really needed a reason to not do it anymore um so how would you kind of go about that situation if people feel like oh you know I need that excuse or I feel like you know it's not good enough for me to just say basically I've I've put like thrown in the towel of being vegan which is obviously not what people are doing in the scientist it's the truth of it is that there's no it's so hard to generalize um because everyone does have a completely individual experience um and I, I I'd like to think that that's really the a really key part of the work that I do with um with my clients is that it is they're in the driving seat and I'm there as a bit of a guide someone to support them someone to add um give them um I guess support in terms of the nutritional realm and encouragement um but ultimately they're the ones that are making the decision and for a lot of things I guess when it comes to this and labels and you know who you are as a person and where you fit in society and which community that has to be up to you no one can tell you who you are as a person um and so I think having a really yeah individualized approach um as a clinician is is really important um and for the individual maybe just to take some time to reflect on what is going to be best for them Mm. yeah definitely and I think as well something that I tried to think about um and I think this kind of goes with recovery in general is that you're you're kind of the the person you are and yourself should not just be 
like one or two labels so mm-hmm. if your only labels are vegan and eating disorder and they're the two things that you've got then obviously if you then say I'm not really vegan anymore we're then left with eating disorder mm-hmm. and okay now I've got to recover from my eating disorder oh no there's nothing left of me mm-hmm. I think it's about building that identity outside of any label and I would say that with anything like even something that you might see as a positive which I'm scrolling through my head and I can't think of something that would be a positive to just have on its own mm-hmm. I think it's all about like building other interests and hobbies and things about you outside of just one or two labels mm-hmm. so that you know if something does shift that's okay rather than having to rely on them of like you know I am I'm Hannah the whatever and I think often that is the case like people because being vegan you know it does affect a lot of things because every time you go out for a meal you have to say you know if anyone says anyone dietary regrets yes I'm vegan you're then known as the vegan vegan. but there's so many other parts to you than just what you eat yeah absolutely and one thing I always think about recovery is that it's such an amazing time for like like, to reinvent yourself if you want to like you say you kind of Mm -hmm. this is you know a key label and you're working to get rid of it what what are we going to put in place and I have a memory of working in patient unit and there was a client who was like, I think I want to be like someone who's really into music, into gigs. And so she was, um, every time she was kind of um, going out and visiting communities, she was like booking gig tickets and like, it was, well, who are you seeing today? And yeah, it was just, it's, it's just so much fun. And that is really, um, yeah, a fun aspect. That's really funny that you should say that because I have been thinking very similar along those lines. And actually, it's so hard to think like that when you're in recovery. Mm. Um, Like, because you're like, well, yes, I've got this kind of new persona of whoever I want to be. But then that's like the whole world is my oyster. And and for me, I've had an eating disorder since I was 12. So I have been in the grass for a very long time and haven't really found anything that I like um and but it is really exciting to think like you know I could just I could go do like I don't know a metalworks course and that could be my thing or mm-hmm. you know I could go try jujitsu and that could be my thing and mm-hmm. I think that's the eating sort of limits you so much um and I guess in a way like veganism also can do that but with mm-hmm. the right intentions and I think for me, like, that's always been the thing that I've been like, you know, if you can go out to a vegan restaurant and order whatever you want on the menu and not care about it and just fully enjoy it, mm. that sounds great. But I think it's when you're going to a vegan restaurant and then you're worried about what's on the menu and mm. the calories and everything like that and being very specific about it, that's probably when there's an issue. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely something that I'm kind of conscious of when we're thinking about food and challenges and dietary change um if yeah these these barriers come up um and they're still present and if yeah if that's more of a factor the um kind of nutrition based decision making as opposed to the ethical decision making then that's a factor then I think okay maybe let's pause and have a think about if if this is the right time for this yeah absolutely and then so coming on to maybe somebody that thinks veganism is right for them maybe like you said before they've they've been vegan all their life or their family's vegan and so they followed in their footsteps how do you work with somebody in that situation 
to kind of because ultimately no matter how you look at it there is an element of restriction there so I've heard people say in the past that you know for recovery to work you have to not be vegan for a while and then you can come back to it down the line if you want but then you know if somebody is vegan because Mm -hmm of the moral side of it and it's you know a really core part of their values to force somebody to then eat meat or dairy products I can imagine could be the most traumatic process to go through in recovery yeah definitely and autonomy is so so key in you know the individual deciding to make deciding to recover you know deciding to eat Mm -hmm. making those choices and so when that's stripped I guess being stripped of autonomy is like a key factor in trauma as well. Um, so absolutely, it, that would be so difficult. And is why a lot of people seek me out to support them because that, that's been a real hindrance mm-hmm. to their recovery. Um, yeah, I absolutely re- agree. Veganism can be restrictive, especially in certain places, especially if you're financially limited as well. That's going to be more challenging mm-hmm. because experiencing a wide range of vegan foods you can do a vegan diet on a budget, but that's going to be a mainly whole whole foods diet and it's going to be quite low in fat and may limit other supplements that you may want to use just to make sure everything's you know tied up nicely. But experiencing the full range, including things that include a normal diet, things that might be more processed, that's going to cost more than it would be um, for someone who eats a normal diet or an omnivorous diet. Um, so absolutely it can definitely be restrictive um, for some people I see it's it yeah I guess their individual circumstances maybe their family also eat, eat the same way as them it's not super limiting they're not saying no to foods um, so I think for some people it doesn't actually have to be um, and it's interesting thinking about the difference between the people who I support who aren't vegan people who I support who are I guess that when I first meet someone, I'll ask, you know, go through an assessment and get a really clear understanding of their eating, their fears, the belief that the eating disorder holds. Um, and then maybe we'll make a meal plan. We'll make it a plan to make some changes. Maybe that'll look like weight restoration as well. Um, and getting them on a multivitamin. But past that, it's not really that different, I guess, I would say. The process of recovery, being vegan. I think, like you said, if you know, it's going to sound weird, but if you know how to be vegan and to do veganism mm-hmm. well, aka you eat the right foods, you know how to supplement well, um, you know, it's something that you've maybe been doing for a while or you've done a lot of reading mm-hmm. around, I think it can be, you know, can completely go hand in hand with a successful recovery. Mm-hmm. But I think. All too often, people don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, And then people fall into the trap of, you know, being malnourished or not having enough calories. And I think that's a really interesting point that you raised about the money side of things. Mm. Um, Because, you know, ultimately, I don't know, I think you probably can, I mean, maybe you can tell me you probably can do a vegan diet without supplements um but it does just make it that little bit easier and I think people often one thing that I found is people underestimate how much of particular foods you have to eat in Mm. order to get 
um, the appropriate nutrition. You know, if you think about something like corn mints, you have to eat so much more corn mints in kind of weight size compared to meat Mm -hmm. in order to get the same macronutrients, the same micronutrients. um, And so I, and I think people underestimate that, particularly when they're in recovery of, you know, that's a lot of food that somebody has to consume, but also in a in a place where somebody, maybe their stomach shrank, mm. they've, they, that's going to feel even more uncomfortable. So I think there's a lot of different things to consider in terms of recovery, because I think if I'm just thinking about like a vegan chili, you would have to eat a substantial amount of vegan chili to match mm. the protein intake, the fat intake of meat-based chili. Um, mm. And I don't think that's often considered enough. Yeah, definitely. And it's also a big factor is in dietetic education. I didn't have a single lecture on vegan nutrition. Everything I know about vegan nutrition mm. is information I've sought out myself. Um, so the average eating disorder dietitian is not re- it's unlikely to have that understanding i've had people come to me and mm-hmm. you know they the dietitian they saw previously has just said oh how about some tin of beans you know and that's the only thing they could pull in their mind of that's vegan you know mm-hmm. so i think there's a huge education gap and you're right the composition of meals an eat well plate um which is like the government guidance of what a, a balanced meal looks like or it's meant, suggested over the course of a day but an eat well plate for a vegan shouldn't look the same in terms of composition than it than mm. for someone who eats a meat based diet because there, um, animal products tend to be higher in fat, which means with a vegan diet to meet your fat needs and to have a diet that's matching in energy or the energy that you need, you will have to add more fat. That is um, a kind of expectation that I do set that volume will be higher than your meat eating counterparts and adding plenty of oil when cooking is absolutely essential um i guess the mm. one thing i would say is that most people i work with actually all of them i've worked with so far have been vegan for a long time so they all are kind of mm. pretty clued up on they um, normally they, they come to me they take a, a multivitamin and um they have the cooking methods they know um kind of how to cook with tofu tempeh um, they've got a good selection of um, meat alternatives that they also use. So I'd say that's definitely something. And I think I also think that perhaps someone who is vegan, but for the wrong reasons, you know, it's kind of very restrictive decision. Maybe they're not aware of that when they first decided, but it's very much mm. kind of vegetable only based diet. May not may not actively seek me out in the way that someone who's vegan and it's really important to them mm. would. If you kind of understand what I, I mean. Yeah, I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, but my thoughts behind that are, and this is purely based on my experience, as, you know, the t- standard sort of recovery and therapeutic model would involve meat and dairy products, like you said before, a dietitian. Um, you know, a more general diet, eating disorder dietitian will not know how to support somebody with a vegan diet. Mm. And I think, actually, do I think that? Basically, what I was going to say was, for me, part of the reason that I wanted to be vegetarian was it was another way to 
kind of cause suffering to myself like for for Mm. me it was about you know well if my iron intake is low or if you know I do lose all my fat levels and stuff based on what I'm eating you know that's a good thing because that's causing harm and that's what my eating disorder Mm. wants to do and so what I was going to say is that somebody that is maybe vegan for the wrong reasons may not sort you out because you will then support them with a vegan diet however Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that actually does work in my head because somebody with who is vegan that has an eating disorder um will maybe still have that cognition of not wanting to help themselves get better Mm -hmm. but I suppose where that does come in is that you know you will support them in finding how the vegan diet can support their recovery whereas if they went to a a normal eating disorder dietitian they're going to be forced to eat meat which is probably worse than Mm. the consequences of recovery from an eating disorder Mm, mm. yeah definitely but no those are those are interesting thoughts and yeah absolutely I think diet restriction as a form of um self-harm is something that has to be Mm. be considered and if they're you know vegan because and that that socially excludes them because that makes them force them to eat foods that give them absolutely no pleasure yeah that's something we definitely need to to reflect on um and yeah I think I guess what you were saying earlier about your the interview you did with the PhD student and how your impression was um I I guess the impression that you explained of how you thought people you know vegan in recovery to restrict is a really common impression among professionals and mm. in in my experience people can absolutely recover while being vegan and especially like you said because all these foods you, know, you can get vegan chicken vegan steak vegan kebabs you know you get all these things um you can <laughs> buy a vegan birthday cake in a supermarket um mm-hmm. so i think maybe in the past it was a lot more restrictive than it is now um, and I think for those reasons, it's um, yeah, easy, maybe not, not easier to recover while being maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why it is mm. um, easier to recover. But yeah, I think professionals having a wider understanding and reducing their bias and their instant reaction is being like, mm. "You're doing this for the wrong reasons." It's yeah. not going to help form a good relationship, and that's an absolute key in supporting someone with recovery. It's an interesting study was looking at different types of therapy and therapists and the relationship and more successful than any specific type of therapy the predictor of success was the relationship the therapist had with Mm -hmm. the person in recovery um and I just always hold that in mind um that that's so important and I think that's why Mm. it's important for professionals to have more of an open mind I have a question and I'm going to kind of say an answer, but I want to, I don't know how to ask the question without saying (laughs) the answer, but do you think that in the situation, let's say that I'm, let's say a therapist is working with somebody and they're vegetarian and they, the therapist thinks, or I just don't think that this, like the veganism is best placed here. Like I think it's for the wrong intention. Would you say that the best way to navigate that is to sort of explore it with the patient? And even if you explore it and they still think it's the right thing for them, but you're not quite sure, to let them, I mean, I guess this depends on the position that the person's in as well in terms of medically, 
but if they're medically stable to let that continue and maybe let them work out that it's not appropriate or would you say that as the therapist you know it's it's your place to step in and say I don't think that your intentions are right here yeah I think I guess I I would say it really depends on kind of what the red flags Mm -hmm. and the therapist's experience with that and maybe they're a therapist who doesn't have much experience with vegetarianism so you know maybe they are and I think like curious inquiry is really important I think for clinicians trying really hard to have that incurious inquiry without sounding like you have an agenda is really important Mm -hmm. because if you start answering questions that you feel a bit like pointed then often you get a bit of um a bit of pushback and this is actually Mm -hmm. a challenge that I I think I come up with as well kind of how do I start these conversations how's the best way to go about this inquiry um and yeah I guess sometimes it's why I use journal prompts because it's kind of it's not me saying, you know, it's, it's, it seems like maybe there's a bit of a less, less of agenda, an agenda with that. Um, I think I, what's really important is also that person to, to figure out. And I think that's why I do dedicate a lot of time to building a good relationship so that there is room for that. There is room for that, that inquiry. There is room for me calling things out or, or I could, you know, even naming, oh, you mentioned that you were disgusted by your sister eating a steak because you thought she was going to have a heart attack. This is one example of, you know, something. Mm-hmm. And do you really, you know, is that really what your thoughts are of animal products? I thought maybe you'd be more disgusted because of the, you know, ethical side of it. Um, so those are things mm-hmm. I might, you know, just kind of maybe repeat things back to them and and, cu- and curiously and inquire about those. Um, but yeah, I think it is definitely a challenge. Um, yeah, I think in my experience, um, I knew all along that I was vegetarian for the wrong reason, but I didn't want to admit it because I didn't mm-hmm. want anyone to stop me. Um, and my therapist at no point said, like, you need to stop being vegetarian. And I think it because I was in a place where I was medically stable, it allowed me to come to the choice of actually I don't think this is right for me or my recovery therefore I'm going to pause for now and I think because it was like you said earlier autonomy is so important because it was my choice to stop I didn't feel like I was being forced or pressured into anything and I think if my therapist had turned around and said you can't be vegetarian um you know again I really want to drill in the fact that I was medically stable so that so that was okay um but I think I would have then held some resentment with her of like why are you not trusting me and stuff whereas she let me take the reins and then when Mm. I came to her and said I'm actually you know I've started eating meat products again it wasn't like a oh my god yay that's what I thought we should do and like I'm so proud of you for making that it was just like okay that's that's good and like well done for having that insight and we moved on so I think it didn't make a big deal out of it, which I think is the most important thing to do. And for me, that really helped just kind of normalise it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it sounds like that that was a way that worked worked really well for you. And um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. and obviously that is an individual um, thing, and everybody will be different. But I just wanted to, for the end, to <laughs> think about. If somebody is um, considering doing veganuary in, mm-hmm. well, this will be released on actually the 1st of January. So mm-hmm. hopefully people are listening and then before they make uh, right or wrong decisions, we can just guide them. Um, <laughs> what do you think somebody 
in recovery or maybe they're recovered um should consider if they're thinking about starting a vegan diet yeah I guess I would say um I guess just really digging into the motivations is it because um you have felt a really strong connection to animals all of your life and that's something that you feel is really important for for that side of things is it because maybe you follow someone on the internet and they seem to have this perfect diet that's vegan you know it's kind of that can definitely be a factor of it and the internet has been a big factor in the rise of veganism and different I'd say dark sides of veganism like raw veganism and fasting vegans and all those sorts of things um I always say to someone in recovery that now is probably not the best time to add further rules to your diet I think I always say veganism is always there um but it's something that you you know you'll make a much clearer decision when the presence of the eating disorder is not so strong um and I think if you want to do veganuary but you're in recovery why don't you keep your diet normal but then do the other aspects of of, you know the wider Mm. life aspects of of veganism why don't you look for a local animal shelter and you know volunteer with some rescue pigs or something like that or why don't you look (laughs) into um thinking about wardrobe choices and moving away from leather or buying second hand for example um Mm. yeah why don't you think about um reading into um and you know environmental issues um thinking about emissions and and things like that i think these are all huge factors of veganism that can be considered and can be tried and can be super fun that don't risk impacting your health or don't risk you know your eating disorder hijacking them um so i i think i have actually really wanted for a long time to make a resource that's like other ways to be vegan with like different ideas and you should do it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I will and I think that's a brilliant idea yeah yeah okay well I'll let you know if I make it and I'll send it to you Hannah um yeah no please do oh definitely um, and the other thing is cruelty free beauty um which is really fun mm-hmm. um so thinking about beauty products and buying from companies that don't test on animals it's a big factor so I think all of these things are things that you can put your time and energy into um that your eating disorder can't hijack so I think yeah do think about the wider aspects before jumping straight into Mm -hmm. veganism and question your motivations um yeah that's what I'd say yeah I absolutely love that you said that because for me that's exactly what I did when I decided not to be vegetarian anymore I was like okay cool um I'd already started shopping in charity shops a little bit but not Mm -hmm. kind of like fully um so now I will only shop either on vintage or at charity shops Mm -hmm. um and one I save so much money um but two that for me feels like you know that's going to have quite a big impact um and also the cruelty free beauty products as well and i think one thing that i really liked about that whole experience was rather than like manifesting over calories or food or you know eating disorder thoughts it allowed me some like focus on something completely different and something mm-hmm. new um and something that was actually beneficial and I could like really submerge myself into okay I'm gonna learn about like environmentally travel and how can I do things in a better way that doesn't mm-hmm. impact the environment so much or like you know what can I do in my household that means that I am contributing less to um climate change and things like that and I think 
that like really took a big focus off and actually I don't know um maybe this is me just assuming but the things that I'm doing externally from being vegetarian I hope will maybe even have a bigger impact because I've like gone from doing just one thing to now doing several different things mm-hmm. um and I think as well one thing I found was you know back in my days of university like I was eating meat at least three times a day uh, or at least twice a day and now like that I've said to myself I can have meat if I want to I'm I'm just I'm not having it as much and I've introduced lots of other things into my diet which means my diet is much more broad um which is a really nice thing to do and mm-hmm. it's I'm still you know if you do if you are a meat lover and you're in an eating disorder recovery then maybe cutting down your meat is not the right thing to do because I think you should re-establish a relationship with food that you enjoy mm-hmm. but if you can you know swap a few meals out a week then that's so much better than you know restricting your food intake and you know it having a massive impact on your mental health or it like you know you eating meat at every single meal like there is gray area in between and I think we Mm -hmm. often in eating sort of recovery forget that you can just sit in that shade of gray and you don't have to be vegan or only eat meat (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and absolutely I love that the kind of um it's also an option to like explore with different dishes but without restricting it's kind of adding Mm -hmm. instead of restricting um absolutely I've had someone do this recently and I've kind of had the discussion of well you know we'll have to do um We'll have to add plenty of oil to that that meal because you'll be missing out on the oil that you'd normally get from, you know, other other types of to mince. Making sure it's not like you know an opportunity for um, restricting and but yeah, I I love that love um, the ways in which you can add to your life instead of restrict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully, people are now armed and ready for the new year, um, and they will do it in the way that is the best and the um most optimistic for their recovery where can people go to find out more about you if they're interested in learning more about veganism and eating disorders yes definitely i have um an instagram page which is at corn on the corp um it's corb instead of cob because of my surname i've actually been having a bit of a reckoning if whether i should change the the username i made it when i was in university and now i think it's a little bit juvenile but <laughs> No, I we'll like see. it. I think it goes really well because you do vegan, you help people um, with veganism as well. So it's it, it's very <laughs> apt. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, and then I have a website, Dietitian Sophia writes some blogs. Um, and yeah, you can have a look at them there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sophie. It's been a pleasure and happy new year, which feels weird to say on the 11th yes. of December. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy new year to you too. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed listening today, you won't want to miss next week's episode, so be sure to subscribe. Eating disorders are crippling illnesses, but with the right support, they can be recovered from. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, but if you require more support right now, please look into charities such as First Steps and Beat for support, or talk to someone you trust.